0: My name is Clarissa Rizal. My role in this project I think is like as a consultant in the sense of some of the um, traditional songs. I mean Preston didn't really say what my role was, he just basically asked me um, to be here because of the songs, traditional songs I've known for years, for over 40 years. And also, um, you know, spoken word, you know, poetry, that kind of thing.
1: She did form a lot of the project, you know, in the direction that it went, went through to where we are now. Like Clarissa put a lot of, you know, the concepts and, you know, the way we interact as a group you know she she guided a lot of that you know the studio sessions when i came into it were totally unlike other other studio sessions i've gone into you know there were so much discussions and getting to know everybody else at such a deep level right you know and it's like there was you know like sage burning during the sessions there was you know deep meal conversations you know Carissa would be weaving at some of the sessions right right she was was...
2: that was the thing that she was always trying to keep busy with uh and she goes this is the way that used to be in our culture you know she would there they'd be having a ceremony and there's be people uh in the back and they they would be weaving so her hands were always moving and she was and so for us it was kind of like oh it was cool to see Her working on this thing and Bernie was fascinated with that. It
0: was such high energy and wonderful to see the interactions and the improv that was going on.
3: Preston said, hey, what do you, you know,
4: you have a song or something you want to, you know, I don't even think we had the music or anything. It was just like, okay, let's try how about this. It's kind of cool because you know, once, you know, just kind of bust out with the song like that and then and from my perspective, then I see Guitars, bass, drums, keyboards, everyone just kind of like go into their own space of, of, you know, just like listening and then just like, uh, you know, figuring it out and then how everything comes together as I just keep singing the song, you know, and it's like, you know, just repetitive, just singing the song, singing the song, you on. and then, you know, Preston just starts hearing it and now everybody just starts kind of going into their, their, whoever and wherever they go to and start creating this piece.
1: And that song musically it sounds like something that would be like bumping out of a low rider in california like it sounds like sounds like a war song or something so it almost like makes me think of like okay yeah this is a song of like a clinkit a guy whose family got relocated by the bia from alaska to la during the 70s and this is this kid growing up you know with the clinkit music at home but then he's like rolling out in a lowrider after high school so again like i love how just the journey that the songs take and you know that wasn't where that song was consciously going but it's like i definitely see that that vision
4: Like that happened too. That way too. It's like with the, tra- especially with the traditional songs. You know, when you have a, the uh, verse on there is like, we just start singing it, and then all the musicians uh, just went into like, room zone. <laughs>
1: they've already been mixed this is one of those ones where we didn't know what the song really was about until after it had been mixed and I think at that point all of a sudden I was like okay there's something here this sounds like something but I don't know what it is and then I heard the story about the Douglas village up in Alaska Clinkett village
4: well the village was on a pretty prominent site in Douglas Alaska and Douglas at one time used to be like the most populated area in the whole United States because of the gold mine was there. Douglas, Alaska, the small bit of island, you know, during the gold mining time days there used to be one of the most populated areas in the whole United States.
1: Just the entire village mysteriously burned to the ground. Like somebody totally, you know, went and burned down this entire Tlingit village on purpose. And this wasn't like something that happened like a hundred years ago. This is something that happened like in our parents' generation so i heard that story i said that's that story sounds like that song sounds piece was actually, the foundation tracks were done in the first session, which I was not at, and that was kind of improvised, you know, with, with Preston, and Bernie, and Scarrick and Stanton. You know, it was kind of an improv piece. When we got to the overdub stage, it kind of fell to me to do some, some overdub pieces on there, and Scarrick actually had this crazy pedal called a Schumann PLL. It's barely a pedal. It's, it's huge, and it's like this rat's nest of wiring, and it has something to do with with like the with technology from old telephones and basically it kind of converts this whatever signal you put into it it kind of turns it into a synth signal in addition to the audio signal going through it so skerrick had me play through that and the guitar just started sounding like it was on fire Waking up, it's warping back upon itself, and you know, that was one of those songs where I, I transcribed Bernie's organ solo or synth solo. So, actually, in the original version, there a lot of what the guitar is doing is is note for note what Bernie's doing on the synth.
2: I remember when because you know we were we were making so much music in a furious clip, you know. Um, and um, so we just said well clarissa you know you have uh, something you can do a spoken word piece and and you know because she'd heard gene do a couple of them this was really early on and she, and she said uh, well you know if you want if you want that kind of spoken word and story i said i've got a lot of that you know <laughs> <laughs> it's like well go for it bring it on out you know and um so you know the theme behind that you know is you know they forgot they survived it's kind of like talking about you know you know the way rob kind of extrapolated from that was sort of like intergenerational trauma that uh, um you know kind of forces us or or causes us to um forget our own identity you know and forget that we are actually here now and we're sort of uh you know through you know several generations of uh of trauma and, and and that became the theme of the album
1: yeah and you can look at it from different perspectives you know you can say they forgot they survived you know because you know being a victim keeps you in a lower position being a survivor comes from a position of strength and empowerment you know and so much that's, that's pushed on a lot especially on like native youth you know is that you know you're a victim and you're you're headed for this bad life and bad things are going to happen to you and you know being on the res it's just this sad place to be and nothing positive is gonna is gonna happen you know this this defeated mentality that this pushed on native youth you know when the reality is we've survived. And also the fact that, you know, non-natives forget that we survived. You know, it's like you go to any, like, social media post, you know, like in the Seattle Times, (laughs) you know, any post that has to do with Indian country, there's all kind of negativity and, you know, ignorant comments and, you know, people having this perspective that, you know, Indian country is defeated and, you know, not surviving, that, you know, internally... We need to remember we survived and we need them to know that we survived so there's a lot of different ways that you could approach that concept that that clarissa put into that into that piece
4: just the title of it just uh you know just that kind of puts you you know the twist on how clarissa sees things
1: and that was musically like we didn't do anything before we started playing that like that was literally one of those pieces where none of us discussed what we were about to play and we just went out there clarissa was in the room and just i think stanton or bernie just started off and maybe we knew what key it was maybe we didn't and there was like no discussion about what any of us were about to do actually
2: there's there's a really funny moment like because it starts off with this sax intro
1: Do, do, oh do, yeah yeah
2: do, yeah do, 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 <laughs> do. and then it and then uh you can hear uh Clarissa chuckle she's <laughs> like she's like what the what the heck and then then she launches into her story and you know, like her cadence about the story you know is is such a such a matter of fact tone you know it's sort of like you know like telling it like it is and you know there's you know kind of despair you know self deprecation there's disparaging things the way that you puts it fragments of the dangling knowledge and we wove it together and made something of it and you know and and uh, and and on and on I mean it was uh, an incredibly powerful piece I think Um, Just really, really glad we got that one.
0: Our sky lay itself upon the earth. Lips pressed to the clouds, a last roar of breath. A gray sun shone a pale face, one so bold. Looking down upon, looking down upon, a vanishing race. Not to be revered, no, not to be revered. Somewhere they forgot, we forgot, we survived. We forgot we survived, and yes, we did survive. We are a reminder that our ancestors, too, thrived. Believing, believing the good they die young, we would join the numbers in the canoe, going across to the beautiful island, sailing, sailing, avoid an icon of an ancient face. Dragged hearts across a sandy beach. Yep, we dragged our hearts across that sandy beach and our footprints disappeared. Riding ties, we played ball without a reach. That reached to a familiar goal. The language of many singers into one. Pulling a heavy heart up a mountain, we sang, we sang to the top, yes, and they sang, we sang, we still sing at the top, and we let go with a fair dose of dignity. Mama once said, funny how we are given an approximate time of nine months. Waiting to be born. Yet we never know, we never know when we're gonna die. Our sky lay itself upon the earth. Lips pressed to the clouds, a last roar of breath. Our whole culture was all about conveying knowledge by way of storytelling, it was oral history. You, you, you did your story by way of um, documenting it on an art piece, whether it was a woven robe or a sewn robe or a carving, or a totem pole or a bowl, a dish, whatever. Our language was written in our art and with that always came the story okay so the artist you know was the keeper you know the the person who portrayed the stories in a visual form then there was the story keeper the person who actually knew the history artist also knew the history too in order to create the art piece okay so sometimes the artist was the storyteller as well and and to this day that's how it works the artist is the storyteller and then what happens is you had a song that went with it, okay? So it's a holistic approach to in, in the keeping of this information. So there was, the, there was the art, there was the story, okay, that was in the art, there was the song, and then there's the dance. So it's a holistic approach. There's, a visual, there's the visual, the audio, and the physical. OK? So that's how we retained our information. We didn't have books. It was all in visual and audio and physical terms. The
4: last winter, some of them. As they were in the beginning, but the thing is coming closer, flying, winging over the sea waves, and we look again, and the old woman says, no, it is not Raven after all, it is something else, we do not know what we are seeing, we are afraid to look on it with our eyes, but it just keeps coming closer. We can't take our eyes off of it. That man, who is the village watchman, standing on top of the ceremonial house, and he watches, and he says, It is a boat, like our canoes, only much, much bigger, and driven by the wind. It is carrying many men. Watch them. Watch them climb in the masts of that boat, like squirrels on our great spruce trees. Watch them. of many colors. So many of them, strangers, strangers. We are afraid. We are afraid. Our people are afraid. But we watch the white sails come closer and closer. And the old woman say, they have found our treasures, the furs that floated away. And now, young men are running for their weapons, but grandfather says, no, no fighting one yet. We do not want to fight with the strangers, not unless we have to, not unless we have to. We stand on the shores and we wait. My brother sings a song, and we gather our courage from the song. Let our voices ring out over our grandfather's land. And then no matter what the white sails brings, and no matter the changes that come to our world, we will still be part of it, our world. And we will be alive. Our stories and our ways. And that white, that white sail, that white sail will not be Raven, but maybe Raven.
2: sales was um, that was actually from the very first recording session which was a I believe it was um, he and it was a dirge that um, that uh, Stanton was playing that's uh, Gene's brilliance I mean he, he can sometimes uh, just pull the right story into a musical thing that we've done and he just kind of launches right into it and he's got such a theatrical um, approach to you know the way that he does storytelling that it just it just fit
1: and sonically it sounds really liquidy you know because it's got the the Bernie playing the B3 through the Leslie which you know adds that liquid sound and when I overdubbed the guitar part, Randall had me going through the Leslie on that too. So it definitely has, you know, sonically it it matches the story. I'm like that song was not White Sales right. when it started. It didn't reveal itself as being White Sales until the very end. And then it's like, oh, well, that's what that's what that song is about. The Spirit Reflecting the Moon, that was from the first session that I wasn't at. So yeah, that one was awesome. That's one where like Bernie just improved it, just layers of synth stuff, yeah. and start yeah, what it almost has like a Jay Dilla influence on that one because it starts off and it's going it's like in 12-8, And then all of a sudden it kicks over into four four. was one of those overdub sessions where randall had got that box from Earthquaker devices basically Earthquaker devices sent him this crate of like their pedal line it was this giant box right. and you we were just like pulling pedals out of it like try this one see what this one does and try this one <laughs> and yeah i think at one point it was like it was a guitar into into like one of their afterneath pedals one of their like reverb slash delay pedals and then that got fed into a Leslie. So right. it was just like pedals like all in order that you would not normally put them in. Like yeah, there was some like fun <laughs> fun tones on, on that because of like those pedals all showing up and just not knowing what what was what and just like experimenting. Yeah, there was like the, like, the arpanoid and the Like the Rainbow Machine and the Fuzzmaster General and all the Dispatch pedals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know it's gonna be a fun session when just like there's a crate of pedals that you've never played (laughs) through before, and you're just pulling them out of the box and like try this, try this.
4: Stillness. That specific one. It's me bringing like three different pieces and cutting them up, and then bring them all together.
2: I was wondering, did did, did you ever uh, notice when you were telling the stories? Did you could you hear Bernie kind of responding to the um, the words you were saying?
4: Absolutely. And oftentimes, when Bernie was playing, sometimes my focus was totally on Bernie. You know, and just thinking about sure, it's like on. Rhythm and the music and stuff like that, but Bernie would just like, um, would in his way, just uh, um, vocalize or even like a call or response. and response. In that way, with his uh, with his keyboards. They say she heard things at Nalog Yagavik, the place where you go to listen. She would sit alone in stillness, the wind across the tundra. The little waves slapping on the shore told her secrets. Birds passing overhead spoke to her in strange tongues. They listened, and she heard. But she rarely spoke of these things. She did not question them. This is the way it is for one who listens. She spent many days and nights alone, poised for the deep patience of the hunter. Her ears and her body attuned to everything around her. Before the wind and the great sea, she took for herself the discipline always to listen. She listened for the sound like drums of the earth, stern in ancient sleep she listened for the sound like stone rain as rivers of caribou flooded the great plains she listened in autumn for the echo of the call of the last great swan she understood the languages of the birds in time she learned the quiet words of the plants closing her eyes she heard small voices whispering i am i am river willow i am here i am asiak i am blueberry i am here The wind brought to her the voices of her ancestors, the old ones, who taught her that true wisdom lives far from humankind, deep in the great loneliness. As she traveled, she listened to the voices of the land, voices speaking the names of each place, carrying the memories of those who lived here now and those who have gone. As she listened, She came to hear the breath of each place. How the snow falls here. How the ice melts. How, when everything is still, the air breathes. The drums of her ears throbbed with the heartbeat of this place. A particular rhythm that can be heard nowhere else. Often she remembered the teachings of the old shaman
3: who spoke
4: of Salaam Inua, the inhabited spirit, the voice of the universe. Salam Inua speaks not through ordinary words, but through fire and ice, sunshine and calm seas, the howling of wolves and the innocence of children who understand nothing. In her mind, she heard the words of the shaman who said of Salam Inua, All we know is that it has a gentle voice like a woman. A voice so fine and gentle that even children cannot be afraid. The heart of winter, she is listening. Darkness envelops her. Heavy, luminous with a roar. The mountains in silhouette stand silent. There is no wind. The frozen air is transparent, smooth, and brittle. It rings like a knife blade against bone. The sounds of her breath as it freezes is a soft murmuring like cloth on cloth. The muffled wind beats. The muffled wing beats of the snowy owl rise and fall, reverberating down long corridors of dream deep into the earth. She stands motionless, listening to the resonant stillness, then slowly she draws a new breath, in a voice not her own, yet somehow strangely familiar, she begins to sing. When I with Bernie, I was very aware of what he was doing, where he was going, or, or the energy, you know, a lot of it was the energy that he brought to the piece, you know, uh, into the space. Not just the piece itself, but Bernie brought this, this energy into the space. Because it's one of those things, too, is like um, Bernie... Not only with his uh, huge experience of who he was and his 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 uh, presence, but his presence of what he brought into the space was all the combinations of everything that he's done in his life. Does that make sense? Because everything was like he was going to bring everything. You know, every everything is like it seemed like he's just he's just recycling everything that he've done you know and just bringing it to the bring it when we played live uh, the
2: couple times that we did play at the royal room I mean that again was very organic and more like you know like you know just visual uh, nods and you know wink and uh okay go for it
1: yeah and just feel it out and listen yeah you know and just pay attention to what other people are other people are doing and yeah the arrangements even today you know our arrangements aren't like okay there's four bars of this there's four bars of that it's pretty you know organic go with the flow and eye contact and mm-hmm. listen for certain musical cues you know so again Matt and Bernie was the master of that that you know he yeah he almost instinctively you didn't t- need to tell him when a change was coming like somehow you know he was so tuned in with You know, that unspoken connection that he could almost tell when you were going to change something before you even do it, Mm -hmm. you know. And he never would play things the same way twice, and that was one of the things that was really interesting working with him is even if there was like a specific melody, he would, you know, lay into it a different way and the notes would fall in different timing. You know, it would be the same notes, but it wouldn't be played... You know the same way more than once, mm-hmm. and that that was really cool in some ways. That was in other ways, that was challenging. Like, if I had to like overdub, like, fault like doubling like a, a keyboard part that Bernie was playing, like on Wolf's song on the second record, that was the hardest overdub session I've ever done because that the melody line, like the clavinet part on that, is it's not a complicated melody, but because But within those notes, there's like such an infinite amount of ways that you could phrase it or have the notes timing fall differently that that was like hard. Like Randall was like, yeah, just, just double what he's doing. Is Bernie gonna phrase that melody line this time, right? right. And that, yeah, you think like, yeah, it's, it's not that complicated a part until you have to double it. Learned some of the ways that you know bernie would would phrase his melodies and some of the, the signature pauses he would take but yeah it was yeah never the same way twice and that's you know yeah. what makes improvisation what it is yeah you i know.
2: think it, as garrick has a lot to say about that you know he's a true improviser
5: naturally and just completely and brilliantly humor with virtuosity and it resonates with everyone that's that's the real connection with music there's there's so many people that just take themselves so seriously playing on stage and it's it's just not fun to watch or be a part of (laughs) but when Bernie is playing some incredible organ solo in front of five thousand or people or fifty thousand people or five hundred people. All of a sudden he's going into the Mighty Mouse theme TV show cartoon theme song or whatever and just and it and then he's going he's quoting some Bach piece and, and then he's playing some beautiful gospel or jazz funky thing. I mean just his solos, just those little brief solos he would take on whatever keyboard yeah we're just so engaging Lesson on how to be a musician and and how to bring people together. It's
2: well known Bernie was you know uh, just considered himself a conduit for music and the, the things that just came through him and you know his whole concept of uh, you know the Wu concept the Wizard of Wu he was referred to as and that sort of like bringing people together through music and that was. Um, and that, you know, we're reflective in the name Kuik because that's, uh, you know, it's calling people together, a gathering, a doing. ¶¶ Thing that he played was always fresh and in fact I remember when I was speaking with Judy um, you know his Bernie's wife at the time said I'll, I'll make sure that we get some um, some you know some recordings to him so he knows kind of what's coming and, and like that and she goes oh, you know it's not really necessary um, and let me give you an example Bernie likes to hit it and quit it okay so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you how that works you know, there was a, a a band that really wanted Bernie on a track. They uh, sent him the track, but he didn't listen to it. And he shows up in the studio, and they're playing it. They're you know running through the song, and he's playing, and um, and then they then they stop and they said, "Well, that 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 sounded really good. Let's let's uh, record it just the way you played it." He goes, "He goes, what? You weren't recording it because he didn't play." And, you know he, he never played it the same way twice I mean he would hear some other syncopation or he would hear some other chord voicing or something that would be um, and so each time it was just it was as if he had never heard it before uh, but he was doing whatever he was doing was always incredible <laughs> we're working on something for sea alaska you were trying to like you know make a, a chant kind of like you were oh, talking yeah, about the, yeah. the maori yeah. the maori chants yeah. and they were like yeah. it's like you know how could you make this 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 beat yeah, and you yeah. could like and you and it turned into kind of a rap and then that's when we kinda of morphed it into, you know, kind of a rap tune. Hip hop type feel.
4: Yeah. That's right. That's right. Because you're because really rhythmic with your with your yeah, uh, you do a sock yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah, yeah, it was like that 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 kind of maori feel to it and that the haka and then uh yeah it,
1: Voked into that Yeah right. And then like Crazy sax tone At the beginning I love the, the Just the atmosphere At the beginning of that song Is so weird It almost sounds like Like there's saxophone Coming like From the sewer Gunalchish
6: <laughs> We ha'atulbu Gunalchish We ha'kasegu Gunalchish gonna Gunalchish waste the cut up gonna cheese way ha he me and gonna cheese waste the cut up and gonna cheese way ha she came gonna cheese way ha at each gonna cheese way ha turn the time gonna cheese way ha up with school, a gonna cheese way ha see me gonna cheese
1: it's, it's really like all all Scaric's like electronic stuff Actually, I don't. It's, it, so it,
2: it's you know it's a kind of funny backstory about that song, and I don't know if you remember that. But you helped me work on some um, some music for a documentary, a short documentary that was being made by the Seattle Art Museum. I had a show there in two thousand three. We went down, and worked with Wayne Horvitz, remember, the keyboard player, and we went to the recording studio, and we. Um, we did a version of that song, and that's when you told me that, you know, that Maori chant kind of thing, and then I came up with that, you know, the the tempo and the rhythm, you know, is when I came up with that bass line, so it was kind of re, revisited it when we uh, did this recording session. <laughs>
6: Gonna cheese high in a steer. Gonna cheese with the cut up. Gonna cheese hash again. Gonna cheese hashuka hus. Gonna cheese ha shagoon hus. Gonna cheese with ha tunda tawny. Gonna cheese with ha tooth the army. Gonna cheese with ha on me. Gonna cheese with. I'm gonna cheat when I curse the year